old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timberlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving $2 million away to the bottom of 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! So come place an order at www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky. Yeah, that's right, because that's the way we roll. I just looked at my wrist, I got time today. Get them crossing the line today. The hate be so real, the love be fake. Be bumping their gums and bumping my tape. Don't get It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Friday, August 20th. I'm Donald Ware. It's Friday! And as a matter of fact, it was on this day, 16 years ago, that Botch Tarot first came on the air. I made the trip uh, to Baltimore to host the show. We had like five stations carrying the show Raleigh, uh, Birmingham. Atlanta, uh, Greensboro, and the Winston-Salem uh, area. And so that was a great time, uh, and we're happy to celebrate Botch to Row uh, today in its 16th anniversary. But we're going to do this. We're going to take things. Listen, there's a new HBCU football program that will kick off the 2021 season. And on the line, we have the head coach of that program. It is, in fact, Bluefield State, Tony Coaxum is the head football coach there at Bluefield State, and he joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I think you all thought that there was only one HBCU in West Virginia, West Virginia State. Nah, uh, I think because maybe Bluefield State didn't have a a football program, now it does, so obviously football is going to attract more uh, of its other athletics, and we're glad to welcome Coach Coaxum on the line. Coach Coaxum, welcome to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Uh, we're excited about what we have going on here. And uh, anytime we get a chance to talk about uh, not only uh, Bluefield State football, but our athletic department that is growing, growing um, every day, um, the more uh, we'll, we'll do that in a heartbeat. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad to do it. Uh, so how is camp going? Like a new program, uh, right. I'm sure you have a, I mean, a whole lot of players. Uh, so, so just tell us how camp is going to this point. Um, it's going going well. Um, like I said, we we got started back in early August and uh, got right to it and, and and got after things. And you know, we're a very young team, as you would think, as you would expect, starting from scratch. So, have a lot of freshmen and a lot of just teaching a lot of guys what it's like to play college football. Um, but we have a lot of guys that love playing and and they're growing and learning every day. You know, what it's like to, to compete at this level, the, the, the demands of a college football program. And, and uh, we started school last week. We're really 
today, uh, actually a week, um, a week ago today. So they're in their first full week of classes and getting the full gambit of what it's like to be a, a student athlete in the uh, uh, collegiate environment. And it's come along well, and, uh, you know, we're growing every day and putting this thing together, and guys are really starting to gel and, and come uh, come together. And today was one of those days, you know, you once you get going in uh, you know, second, third, fourth week of, of going against your teammates, and, you know, you're just sick and tired of looking at each other, and guys are, are getting chippy with each other. So we know we're at that point of, okay, uh, that means we're getting close to playing another opponent, but we still got two weeks to grow and, and, and stay focused on getting better every day. And uh, so we're in a good place. and. Uh, and ready to continue to build it from here. No question about it. Can you speak to some of the challenges in terms of building a program from scratch and the fact that you're having to do it during a pandemic? Um, it, it's a kind of twofold. Um, I, you know, on one one hand, uh, if it wasn't for the pandemic, we I wouldn't be sitting here right now. We wouldn't be this far down the road. Uh, just everything that came about with the pandemic and the uh, the financial you know hit that it put on a lot of places and um, you know we've been uh, in Bluefield State being a, a public school uh, we received a lot of money from the CARES Act and our president kind of had the you know the, the forward thinking of saying again like a lot of schools they were using that money to fill the gaps that they lost from uh, you know their their sports not playing like football and other sports where we didn't have uh, a lot of those sports so he used it to hey, let's uh, get the program going off the ground. And not only that, but kind of kind of put it in overdrive a little bit. So in that regard, it helped us to kind of get where we were going to fast track things. Um, but on the other part, you know, when it comes down to the recruiting aspects of things, and, and we're very happy with the kids we brought in, we had to do it a lot differently. We did a lot of it over Zoom and, and then um, not really getting to see the kids face-to-face, but we, we had to go through them and, and tell them the things that we're about, give them the vision of what we're trying to do and paint the picture of being a part of something that starts from scratch. And the young men that came in and, and, and joined on to this, they really bought into that, that concept of, of being you know, not just adding on to a legacy, but starting a legacy. Um, and the same thing with our coaching staff. Um, and, and not just going through the, the certain things of, uh, that goes along with dealing with all the different protocols that everyone goes through. So, you know, we're no different than anyone when it comes to that. No one's going to feel sorry for us for that account because everyone's dealing with that. Um, but it's one of the ebb and flows of, of how you go about getting things done. And um, the biggest challenges is just, you know, as a football guy, you know, being in a situation before, you know, you didn't have to think about a lot of things like equipment and, and, and ordering and designing uniforms and all that. So we had to do all of that. Um, so there were times where I was like, oh, goodness, I think I forgot to order this or <laughs> I, I forgot to do that. And if it wasn't for my great staff or remind me of things, um, you know, things that I may have missed. We, we got the stuff taken care of. So, um, but you know, other than that, just the, the things that everybody's going through with supply chains and things like that across the country has, uh, has kind of been the, the biggest thorn right now. But, you know, again, I got hired back October 9th and, um, you know, September 4th, right around the corner. And not only, well, we designed uniforms and built the roster and, and got new branding for the, uh, for the uh, institution um, we're going to be ready to rock and roll come September 4th, and uh, this community's been dying for uh, to get football back, and we're excited to, to get this thing going. Yeah, so is this more of playing at a club level? What's the ultimate? I mean, I, I believe, I don't know about now, but I know, believe, well, one time I know, and it may still be the case, that uh, Bluefield State was NCAA Division II. Is that sort of the, 
the path for you all? What's the path in terms of um, affiliation as far as football is concerned? Uh, we're, we're still uh, we're still D two HBCU. Um, we got a uh, originally we were going to try to do kind of the club type uh, schedule, just get a handful of games. But as we uh, dug deeper into it, we see hey, we were able to uh, you know kind of get the teams that we wanted to play and kind of get a, a somewhat of a full schedule. So we dove right into it, and we, we got an eight-game schedule playing. Uh, we have one NAIA and, uh, you know, uh, Division two opponents across the board and uh, a couple of uh, CIAA HBCUs uh, right on our schedule, which we're excited about. So um, it, it played up pretty well to where um, in our eight games we have a few bye weeks because we don't have a full 105-man roster. Uh, we brought in about 80 kids. Um, so it's still smaller than what we were going to be um, when we get this thing fully uh, fully staffed, you know, around this time next year. But I, I purposely added a couple of bye weeks in there extra just to get our guys those extra breaks because of the, the number of players we're going to have. And, uh, you know, we're very pre- pleased with the schedule, and uh, we're working diligently right now to get into a conference. I uh, can't really uh, go too deep in the weeds on, on you know, the details of that, but our, my athletic director and, and our, our president and, a lot of other guys involved are really working very hard to make some strides to get us in the conference, and we feel good about um, you know a couple of options that we have out there, and and um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to announce something with that in the, in the near future. Um, but yeah, we're full fledged Division two program, independent this year, and like I said, got got eight games on the schedule, and um, get to go um, our way games to two uh, HBCUs, Elizabeth City in week two, and Johnson C Smith in week three. Um, so we get to really see what an HBCU environment looks like in, when it comes to playing football. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, just looking at the schedule, I, I don't even think I realized. I mean, UNCG is in Greensboro. I mean, it's like, I don't know, about an hour or maybe a little bit of an hour or more from here in Raleigh. You've got Barton, who was supposed to start last year as well as in Wilson. So you got a lot of North Carolina flavor uh, on the schedule uh, as well. Can we talk personnel? Like, who should we be looking out for? or Who's impressing you and your staff so far on the offensive side of the football? Uh, well, I'm going to hold I'm gonna hold names right now just a little bit longer just so we uh, kind of have, have a little extra in our bag. But, um, you know, we, we have kids that are really starting to come to the forefront and uh, really kind of stake their claim to certain things across the board. Again, you know, we were a very young team. We do have a few transfers that are um, that are coming in, or kids that may have a year in a college program, or a, a, some JUCO kids. Um, but we have some kids that are really starting to uh, to show their worth and, and really say, um, you know, stake their claim to positions. And um, we're really excited about the progress that those guys are making. And um, you know, come September fourth, and you know, we'll see these guys get out there and perform against uh, some uh, some really strong uh, opponents. So. Uh, but we're pleased where we are, and uh, across the board in every position group, we have a, a guy or two that's, that's starting to really, um, you know, take shape and and say, okay, yeah, this is a guy that we can do some things with, or this is a guy we can start scheming plays for, or uh, on defensive on defensive side of ball, these are guys that we need to, you know, try to you know get free on 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 uh, plays to the quarterback and put them in position to make plays. So starting to get there. Um, I don't really want to get the name just quite yet, but um, that's that's coming pretty soon. But, you know, we're in a good place. Tony Coaxum is the head football coach at Bluefield State. He joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. So speak a little bit about your coaching staff. 
Uh, so yeah, I, I'm very. I, I can't couldn't be more pleased with the, the staff that we that we have here. Uh, the very first hire I made was our offensive coordinator um, and um, quarterback coach Jermaine Gales. I've known Coach Gales for well over a decade. Uh, we've never coached together, but again, we, we've crossed paths many times and always talk ball. Always impressed with the type of uh, offense that he ran and his offensive mind. But um, the thing that that sold it and made it a no-brainer when, when I realized that he was available was the type of person, the type of man he is. Our, our whole program is built off of uh, our number one goal is to develop these young men to be uh, great fathers, great husbands, and, and great leaders once they graduate. And uh, and by doing that, that's going to translate on the football field because, uh, you know, we're going to focus on the things that matter, accountability, you know, being on time, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, just carry yourself a certain way, being dependable, and uh, those things that absolutely carry in the football field. And uh, he was one of the first guys we brought on. And uh, shortly after that, uh, again, he was here with me day one, helped me design the uniforms and, and, uh, and the helmets and, and start recruiting and uh, quickly made him an associate head coach. Uh, my right-hand man, every decision that I make, um, he's probably the first guy I go to. And, uh, and then from there, we went in and, and brought in our, our running backs coach and recruiting coordinator, Richard Alston, uh, he was charged from my hometown, and actually, uh, you know, I kind of helped him get into coaching. Um, I went to high school with uh, a couple of his uh, his aunts, and uh, they reached out to me to talk to him about wanting to get into coaching. And you know, I kind of just gave him a little bit tidbits on how to pursue it. And I told him, I said, "Hey, you, you go do the things that you're you know, that you're capable of doing and handle your business. And if I'm ever in a position to hire you one day, I'm going to do that." And and that, and, he, and he's here. And really all I did after uh, I hired Coach Gales, gave him his name, and he talked to him and didn't give me any other information. And he was like, hey, this is the guy I want. Um, then our receiver coach, uh, Aaron Angriano, we call him AR, uh, kind of the same situation with uh, Rashard and myself is with him and Coach Gales. That coach Gales got him into coaching years ago. He's a West Coast guy. He was with him at his previous institution, and he's a very, very bright, smart young coach, knows this offense very well. Because um, he was with them, um, with Coach Gales, and and they they go hand in hand. He can call it if he needs to, and uh, he's a great um, teacher. He'd be such a young coach, um, but a great asset to have because he knows it. And he helps teach the rest of the offensive staff. And immediately when he got here, uh, he was able to get with Rashard uh, and teach him the offense. And our last hire on uh, on offense was our O line coach Donald Manley. Uh, okay, he's from the North Carolina Air Greensboro. Another young coach. Uh, it, you know, in his mid to late twenties, and uh, very, very detailed, uh, very, uh, very uh, energetic, and uh, he's going to do a great job getting those guys going. Um, going on the defensive side of the ball, my defensive coordinator and assistant head coach David Blake. He's also coaching on linebackers. I met Dave many years ago uh, um, when he was at Memphis. Uh, still, when he was still in the Navy, uh, kind of following his, his uh, football passion. And super smart, super high energy, very intelligent. Been around some great coaches. And he brings a lot of uh, a savvy and, and knowledge. And first-time coordinator, but he knows his ball, and uh, and and kind of did the same thing. He brought on uh, two coaches, guys that he played with in college, right here in West Virginia at West Liberty. Our, our DBs coach, uh, Lawrence Robinson, very detailed, very disciplined coach, uh, coaching our defensive backs. And uh, he, he's a guy that uh, he he's got a bright, bright future as a, a D coordinator and head coach if he wants. Um, he, he holds very high standards to the to the guys, and our D line coach is uh, Raphael Johnson. Uh, also played at West Liberty with those guys, 
and bright young coach. And, and again, the biggest thing, all these guys are, are very energetic. They want to be here. They want to be a part of establishing this program from the ground up. Um, but the number one thing is um, they're all guys of high character, um, high uh, education, value education very well. Um, yeah, I tell people all the time, I'm a West Point grad, and I, I value my West Point degrees. Uh, I'm, I'm, I may be biased, but I think it's one of the best, if not the best, institution in the world. Um, but I'm still the least educated guy on my staff because all these guys have their masters or just about to get their masters. And uh, uh, Coach Blake is uh, working on his Ph.D. Coach Gales is coach college classes. So we're going to bring a high value to our um, guests, let them know the importance of education because of their own background. And um, that, that's just going to be another tool that's going to help us, um, you know, succeed on the field. So every decision that we talk about, uh, you know, I discuss with, with if not, Coach Gales and Coach Blake, uh, the whole staff, and we, we make these decisions together. I'm smart enough to know I'm not the smartest guy in the room, and I don't want to be. And, um, you know, it's been great having these guys here, and we do everything together. And uh, We work hard. We play hard. We have fun. And uh, you can see the, the passion these guys have every time we step on the field. Tony Coxum again, the head football coach at Bluefield State, joins us here on the program. It's the first season of football for Bluefield State. You mentioned uh, a West Point grad played ball there. Uh, you've also uh, had some coaching stops in the National Football League as well as in college, including a stop uh, in Denver with the Broncos where you were part uh, of that staff that won uh, the most recent Super Bowl. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm originally from Charleston, South Carolina, born and raised. Um, love, love being from uh, uh, the Chuck Town, as we call it down there. Um, after graduating from high school, went to West Point. Uh, uh, was a walk-on. I didn't play football in high school. I was a track guy. I played basketball, role-playing basketball, but track was my sport in high school. I walked on to the team at West Point. Uh, started as a receiver and ended up moving to the defensive backs and ended up starting at corner for three years there. Uh, graduated in 2000. And uh, as a second lieutenant in field artillery, and did my uh, military time at Fort Bragg right there in North Carolina, in Fayetteville, and uh, had a back injury that forced me out of the military a little bit sooner than I wanted to. Uh, my whole family's been in the military. Uh, my mom was in the Navy. Dad was in the uh, was was in the Air Force. Grandparents in the uh, my excuse me, my grandfather served in World War Two. You know, we we got the whole base covered. Um, and uh, after I got out of the military due to uh, a back injury, I started working in the civilian world and volunteering at a high school down in Georgia, in the uh, McDonough, Georgia area, just south of Atlanta. And that's where I really fell in love with coaching. And um, I realized my worst day coaching was better on my best day on any job that I ever had. And uh, that's when I started trying to uh, pursue it as a full-time job. And... Um, my, first, my next stop, I was able to land my first coaching job was back at West Point. And I was there for um, seven years working on the defensive side of the ball and uh, learned from a lot of great coaches. Most of them ended up going to the NFL themselves. And uh, and from there, man, uh, got a shot to go to the NFL with the Baltimore Ravens, working with special teams for the first time. Great organization with a great head coach in, uh, in Coach Harbaugh, uh, special teams mind. And Jerry Rosberg, who's special team coordinator, and that's where I really cut my teeth learning about special teams, and uh, and that's also where I met uh, Gary Kubiak, who was OC at the time. Kub uh, and I kind of uh, built a relationship, and he got to see me work every day, and we had a successful year there, getting to the second round of the playoffs, and he got the chance to go back to Denver to be a head coach. 
um, where he was part of the other two Super Bowls that, that they previously won. And he brought me there with him as assistant special teams coach, and where I worked under Joe DeCamillis, another longtime special teams mind in the league and uh, great organization. And we, we it was one of the, the, the best. Uh, obviously, we won the Super Bowl, but just seeing the whole organization, every player, every coach uh, have an impact on, on winning that uh, winning that uh, championship. Uh, great experience, something else I always remember, and I learned so much from from all those uh, individuals, players, and coaches. I was in Denver for a couple of years, got back into college, went to uh, Central Michigan as special coordinators and corners coach. Uh, the head coach was, uh, was uh, Coach John Bonamago, who coached me at West Point, another longtime NFL special team guy, and gave me a shot to be a coordinator for the first time. And um, also co- coached uh, a couple of corners that were both drafted, one playing for the Bucks and just won the Super Bowl. Uh, from there, I was at Kansas for a year, and then uh, went to Northern Colorado especially in coordinator, but never got to coach in a game due to COVID. And that's when this opportunity popped up and started researching it and, and uh, you know, went full bore on it. And uh, here I am. An exciting opportunity. Of course, Bluefield State has resurrected football and it is led by Tony Coxum, again, first year as the head football coach at Bluefield State. As Bluefield State's going to open the season at home on Saturday, September 4th against Lawrence Tech. Coach Coxum, really appreciate the time. Thank you for your service, first of all. Thank you for sharing uh, more information about the program and about yourself and your staff, and we'll talk with you real soon. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me, and uh, look forward to having you guys. Check us out. Go Big Blue. So there you have it, Tony Coxum, the head football coach at Bluefield State, resurrecting the program. They just announced back in August of 2020 that the program it was going to have it was going to be twelve new athletic programs, twelve new athletic programs at Bluefield State. If my memory serves me correctly, Bluefield State had a really really good tennis pro, women's tennis program uh, that may have even played in the Elite Eight. Uh, in essence, the Elite Eight going back to the 2012 season. Uh, but they've they've had basketball. We've we've uh, uh, kept up uh, a bit over the years here on Box to Row uh, with their basketball program. Uh, but now bringing football back is going to, and these other sports, as a matter of fact, as well, going to take their program to a whole new level. My thought in terms of conference affiliation, it would be two. The easy choice would be the Mount East Conference. You're already, uh, most of the, the, the schools in the state of West Virginia, the Division II schools are in the Mountain East Conference. Uh, right. West Virginia State is an HBCU, of course, is in the Mountain East Conference. But the other conference to me would be the CIAA. You look at the opponents, a couple of opponents this year, Elizabeth City State, uh, Johnson C. Smith, also on the roster this year, a couple of games in the state, right, where the base for the CIAA is. That's just this year, Barton, uh, also UNCG. Right. And there's uh, I think there's you know, I think there are 12 schools. There are 12. There's six teams on either side. That's right. See, um, Chowan is still in the conference from a football standpoint, but has moved on from the CIAA uh, from a all the other sports. So it's interesting. Like the mech is easy, makes the most sense. Proximity to schools. Um, but. I wouldn't count the CIAA out as a dark horse. 
So as we get ready to wrap it up on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, I want to remind you about the Box to Row countdown to kickoff. It's taking place on tomorrow. We're going to be at Zwelly's Kitchen in Durham, North Carolina. We've got a great lineup. North Carolina A&T head football coach Sam Washington is going to be there. Shaw head coach Adrian Jones. North Carolina Central head coach Trey Oliver. Livingstone head coach Sean Gilbert is going to be part of the program. And Winston-Salem State head coach Robert Massey is also going to be there. You can also watch the countdown to kickoff on our website. On our website. You can watch this. BoxToRow.com. Tomorrow, Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern, that's 12 noon Central Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time uh, as well. Also joining us via Zoom, St. Augs head football coach David Bowser, Johnson C. Smith head football coach uh, Kermit Blunt, and also Fayetteville State head football coach Richard Hayes going to join us on the program. It is going to be a lot of Fun. Don't forget about the weekend edition of Box to Row heard on a radio station near you. Log on to our website, BoxToRow.com, to find a radio station in your area that carries the program. You can also listen on today, as a matter of fact, this evening or today, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central Time, and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM Channel 84. Have a wonderful weekend. I was proven effective by clinical tests because some couldn't come to believe I was the best, so they tested.